0: Yes, that's where I'm going.
1: To the castle. Yeah.
0: No. You mustn't go there. We people of the mountains believe. that the castle, there are vampires. Dracula and his wives, they take the form of
1: wolves.
2: Welcome back to Napalm Nanny and the Shack. I am your host, the one, the only Napalm Nanny. And for this week's episode of Napalm and Friends, I have the Dr. Zadby show and its entire cast here with me. And I do want to say your show did play a part in the creation of the Shack because you guys have such a great ear for music and your show is just so entertaining and how I would want to describe it as is... It's essentially the B-rated midnight showing of a horror film that's been turned into your new favorite playlist. But how did you guys come up with Doctor Zodity and Gothica?
3: Well, Gothica and I were visiting a Sleepy Hollow in upstate New York and just seeing the haunting sights. And I had just been sort of in this zone of collecting these 1960s horror songs, some novelty and some just like kind of rockers. And I had a, you know, just on Spotify curated a list of maybe 10 or 12 songs like that hooked me and so I started trying to find more and more and more, kind of a fun process of trying to figure out how to find these songs. And so we were walking around Sleepy Hollow and I just said what it would like to be uh, living in Sleepy Hollow and and having a radio show there. I was like, oh, it'd be cool if it was on like, you know, like Sunday night, late at night or Monday at midnight or something like that. And it would be like this show and uh, you know, my character would be called like, Doctor's Oddity. And that just came out of nowhere. Like I just took the word oddity and put a Z on it. That was the genesis of it right then. And then a year later, an opportunity came up on an internet radio station in Brooklyn where they were looking for content. And I just sent them an email and and then pitched them this kind of fully formed show. And they responded, that's exactly what we're looking for. Can you be here in three days and we'll show you how to run the board and then you'll start that Monday.
2: That's pretty exciting. So you said that you got your name from the word oddity and then adding a Z. Where did the name Gothica come from? That one sounds like just as cool and it just, it rolls off the tongue.
3: Gothica, would you like to take this one? Where did your name come from, Gothica? A good
4: question. I did name myself. It's a valid one. There was a, a brainstorming session with many a dark word and then sounds and putting sounds to dark words and um i believe i just chose gothka because just filled my soul with just great pleasure it felt true and authentic to who i am yeah that sounds
3: right to me
2: i think they're i think they're fantastic names and i think it's a fantastic show and i will be linking your show in the bio of this episode you said that in Sleepy Hollow you just had that inspiration for kind of a very dark and gloomy show. But in particular, you always tend to lean towards a playlist where it's classic monsters. So what was the appeal of all these like classic monsters or, you know, these really underrated songs that you guys dig up that are pretty much unheard of, really?
3: Yeah, I don't know. I was actually wondering this myself after having done this show now for a few years and wondering like, what is the appeal? What is it about these, you know, sort of horror driven songs that is drawing me in? And I don't know, I think like like a curation of movies. And I think these songs are movies to me and, and have always been a fan of like B-horror or, D-horror, F-horror, you know, like Mm -hmm. the campiness of bad horror and good horror. And then also, you know, some of the vintage horror as well. So I think there is like a whole world in these songs that is somehow fun. And I guess in these past few years, the times have been the kind of times you would want to escape and go back into the past. And I also think that there is... There is something to the to the decades of the 50s and 60s where these novelty songs were thriving like it was kind of a known thing that everyone was going to at least have one B-side that was a novelty song of some kind. And so pretty much everybody that recorded a 45 probably has at least one novelty song and that's something that you don't see anymore. You know, you don't really they were still there was still happening in the 70s a little bit. Not really so much in the 80s, and then, of course, by the 90s. I mean, I don't think anyone, there was no one, everyone was taking themselves way too seriously by the time the 90s hit to record a B-side novelty song, unless they are like some little indie band. But, you know, no major label recording artist is recording silly songs on the B-side, and certainly not anymore. So I yeah. think there was something about that, about just the, the weird phenomenon of this, there being an abundance of novelty songs. And novelty songs feels like a demeaning way to say it, because they're just like, they're not radio hits, they're weird songs. And I was always kind of a weird kid, so I always liked the B-sides on records anyway. What what do you think, Gothka? What is it about these horror songs?
4: Well, I feel like that's asking a fish uh, why it lives in the ocean. I'm not quite sure how I got here. I guess ever since I was conceived and came fully formed into the world, I have had a, a knack for communicating with the Frankensteins and Quasimodos of the world. They just have an affinity for them. I'm not quite even sure what this question is.
3: <laughs> Goth is no, very mysterious.
2: No, I completely get it. It's I think there's a strange charm behind it where There's such a strange community surrounding all these like classic horror movies and all these like uh, B-sides. It's very niche and the people that, you know, follow it essentially worship it. It's a very tight-knit community. And yeah, like I said, it's just, there's a charm to it. What exactly is the method to the madness to the Doctor's Oddity show? How do you guys record? How do you guys prepare? What is the method that you guys find that works for you? Well, uh, when
3: we were first doing it from an internet radio station, it was a station that was located in a storage locker, uh, like a uh, one of those like giant storage bin car things that was located at the end of uh, an, a scary alley where, half the time people were ODing on K2 down there because we were on at midnight. So we would be going there at midnight. And back then it was, I guess, about a 30 minute walk to the radio station. And we would sort of kind of prep on that walk. Our our first few shows were in the winter. So it would be snowing uh, here in Brooklyn and we'd be walking through the snow, coming up with like what was gonna happen on on like three mic breaks. Well, in the beginning, though, it was just one mic break that we would try and do kind of a bit. And then the rest of it would just be forward announcing and back announcing songs. But now there's two or three kind of comedy bits that happen per show. And so it's kind of the same process, uh, except we don't have to walk to the radio station. We're recording from home now. So maybe an hour before we're going to record, we'll start coming up with ideas for something, you know, for a bit to do. Sometimes there'll be like a pre-taped bit, like we will have a guest and we'll like record them earlier in the week. And then just, that'll be a pre-tape that we just roll in because we record the show live and then just roll the pre-tape. And so, and then that's pretty much it. We just, we record, it's an hour show uh, or less. And so we just let it roll. We try and record and uh, hopefully not make any mistakes and not have any, tech, have any technical errors. And if not, you know, it'll just be a matter of then, uh, uploading it to Mixcloud and making a piece of cover art to to be the thumbnail. What's it like for you, Gothka? You're not that involved in the prep of the show.
4: No, I'm not involved in the prep of the show at all unless I bring a song, which I bring one.
3: <laughs> That's right. You have one record that you'll throw to per show.
4: I consider myself a guest of the show. I intended to appear on one show and only one but that I rather enjoyed my time in the dark alley and I wanted to come back.
3: Yeah, that's right. You were supposed to just be on that very first show as a guest, but and now, you know, two or three years later, you're still introduced as a guest every time, even though you're a permanent fixture on the show. You've never missed one.
4: Hmm, I've never missed one, but I could. I could fly the coop at any time and the show would go on. I just happen to live in this castle and it's always happening on particular days and I have particular happenings in my life and I happen to share those particular happenings. So I don't know what my preparation is, other than my wonderful, I hope you appreciate sometimes my attempts at pun making. I prep a little bit for that, (laughs) but that's a secret.
5: just with me in this castle by the sea there was a monster on my right within his eyes a candle light. Charnel wine By recipe Of Frankenstein And then we got a soup Of blood And it was spiced With the graveyard mud Oh Dracula frizzles with an extraordinary smell but when I saw the head they came from the taste they had was not so swell leather, brought delightful things together, but I jumped through the window frame, got more dessert. there stood my name, oh, big!
0: Chant the wedding songs they know so very well, while everyone sits and smiles. Someone in the tower. Rings.
2: You guys put so much time and effort in curating your record collection. You guys have steered away from you know, using digital and just record off of your 45s. Why did you choose vinyl over digital?
3: Well, pre, pre-pandemic, there was this very tactile thing to record shopping and record digging. But during the pandemic, it became 100% Discogs activity which became its own kind of game of like how to find, how to be a detective and forensic pathologist and track down, you know, unusual records. Because then the game became to, you know, finding my own hidden treasures, stuff that's not on compilations or or been covered by the cramps or something like that. You know, trying to find my own weirdness that's the real fun. It's also fun to find like a rare 45 that has been on a compilation or covered by the cramps. It's fun to come across one of those and be like, oh, oh, this song, how exciting to find a copy of it. Uh, but the but the bigger thrill is finding a record that that I haven't heard before and, and then finding out later, you know, after I post it on Instagram or something that no one's heard it before. Like this is just like some weird, obscure record that I've come across. So that's... That's kind of like my obsession now. You know, even though I can go to record stores, I still get on Discogs and, and search the word Frankenstein and 7-inch and see if I can find anything I've never heard before. And most of the time, I've, I've pretty much got them all now. I've pretty much got every Frankenstein record, I think. But occasionally I'll come across one uh, that I've never heard before. I, the most recent one I found is, was this uh, German Frankenstein song, which... Peter yeah
4: zynum (laughs) Teleboys.
3: that's it that's it
2: that's pretty cool i mean besides searching for all these records you also put in the time and effort to draw on the sleeves and so you have this also really unique i guess you can say like instagram aesthetic where you display your 45s you share your music on there too and you share your art on top of that so what kind of turned you to make your own almost cover art Uh, it started out
3: as a way to identify the records myself really quickly. At first, it was just drawing the titles on the top really big so that flipping through, you know, a box or a little crate of records, I could really see what what it is really fast, Uh, especially as the older I get and the worse my eyes get, this handwritten thing on the top is totally necessary now. (laughs) I (laughs) I can barely read the labels on records. And then it just became, I don't know how the drawing started, just out of like, probably it started with, there being something to draw. Especially when you have more than one Frankenstein record, you have to identify it at a glance. So I would, you know, you have to challenge, I have to challenge myself to draw a Frankenstein that looks very different than whatever the previous Frankenstein was. And then I think people on Instagram started commenting on them and and commenting on like what their favorites were. So then it became like almost a responsibility to live up to, you know, someone out there one time ranked their 10 favorite drawings. So... I was like, someone is actually thinking about my little like doodles on these records. So maybe I should start uh, making them better or at least a- attempt to make them somewhat good instead of, you know, just a little scribble on a thing. What do you think about the drawing Skotka? Necessary. Necessary. There you go. She's so mysterious.
2: It's part of the charm. <laughs> um... So I will be tagging your Instagram, which is Dr. Zodity, so people can scroll through it and see exactly what we're talking about. So my final question is, what is in the future for Dr. Zodity and Gothica?
3: Well, I don't know. Uh, We were just starting to sort of book DJ gigs under the name Dr. Zodity right before the pandemic and played a couple bars here and there. And so now that we're kind of reopening again, it's time to start like trying to maybe track those down. And uh, we always talk about uh, maybe pitching the show to a real radio station and maybe uh, getting a a time slot there on a a New York station or something. What's your plan for the future of yourself and Gothka and Dr. Zadity Show?
4: What are my plans for myself? I live so in the present. It's hard to think, but I will say after how long in lockdown I am craving creatures, live creatures and monsters around me. So I fantasize about castles filled with monstrous people and monsters coming together and dancing to this wonderful music. So I think number one, buying a castle that is bigger than our current castle. Two, inviting people to the castle three dancing.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I like that idea. I'll share that one with you. We need to have a party over here.
4: Oh, a party. That's the word for it.
2: (laughs) Dude, I love that. I hope that it does happen. More people should listen in and tune in because there's so much to get from it. really great hosts and you get these really great tunes. So thank you guys so much for giving me a bit of your time. Let's see what the future holds. All right. Well, thanks for having us.
4: It sounds wonderful. Wait, can I give you something? Yeah, go for it. I intended to start this way. I felt very off kilter not being able to begin with good evening, Doctor's Oddity. Good evening, Nanny. And good evening to the shack.